1: Three, two, one. Podcasts are neat, dot, dot, dot. Welcome I, to our show. I think it
0: was cool, wasn't it? Podcasts, Podcasts are, are cool, cool. Dot, 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 dot. That
1: definitely sounds better as a <laughs> podcast introduction.
0: It's our new intro.
1: What's um, up? It is our new intro, yes. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. How are you? How's it going?
0: I'm great. You know, it started out as like kind of a gloomy weather day and it's starting to burn off a little bit. Oh, okay. Oh, our power also was just... We had a weird power thing this morning.
1: Yeah. To be fair, though, uh, back in Carlsbad, California, we used to have weird power things. You remember, we would have lights flickering uh, at Absolutely. random times. So, not a not a Portugal thing. It's just, you know, it's hard to get electricity through the ground into a building that you live in. Is that how it and works? Then to, uh,
0: yeah, sometimes. And I it was so. really only out for like a, an hour, and then it came back on.
1: Yeah, it was great. It, you read on a Kindle. Like, we felt like older people, which is perfectly apropos to this episode. It is,
0: but also, I just wanted to note, like... I don't know if anyone else is like this. I know you, my husband, my dear husband are not like this, but I'm just going to say it and throw it out into the ether. Yeah. My instinct when I woke up and the power was out and I was like, well, I can't work on my laptop. I'll just read my Kindle. Yeah. And then literally my brain was just like, well, can't do anything else today. (laughs) Like I just, my brain was immediately like. That's it. I, it was like a monkey wrench in my whole plan. And so I just was like, I guess I can't do anything today.
1: I don't even, I I don't even know what I could do today, to be honest, as a human.
0: I just think that's funny how my brain does that, where it's like, oh, didn't see that coming, and now I have permission to not do a thing.
1: Yeah. Um, We got some Pramvel top Pramble topics. Wow, I was thrown astray because we got an email about the Pramvel. Yeah, someone sent a
0: nice email about how the Pramvel last year was helpful to them in their travel journeys.
1: Which we just love hearing about that. It's fantastic.
0: But our Pramble, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time on an Mm. episode, this is where we just ramble At the beginning of the episode, we don't really talk about anything helpful whatsoever. Yeah, I mean... And mostly these days, it's about what life in Portugal is like, because we moved from California to Portugal. Just the
1: preamble part, not the full podcast. Correct. Right. Um, Yeah, so a couple things to share. Uh, Some questions came in. By the way, thank you, as always, for your questions if you email them to us uh, about anything, really, but especially about Portugal, because, you know, we're... Uh, Americans living in Portugal and it is a weird lifestyle choice that we've chosen and we get to share it with you. So it's fun. Unconventional. Um, uh, A couple of the questions were how has the language barrier been Mm -hmm. overall? And I would say just speaking from for myself, when we were in Lisbon, because so for those of you who don't know, you don't pay attention super closely. uh, We live in the Silver Coast, which is about 45 minutes northwest of Lisbon and Lisbon as a big city that's a ton of tourism I mean, really, every single person there that you're going to run into is going to speak English. Probably. And and almost they're going to default to English because it's just, there's so much tourism. Whereas where we live now, in our tiny little town here on the Silver Coast, it's the opposite. So right. everyone starts with Portuguese, and then they find out quickly, oh, you only speak pequeño Portuguese, uh, and then that's I it. Think,
0: um, um, I think um poco? Poco?
1: It's like a sm- I was saying like a small Portuguese, you know? Like a, like a tiny, <laughs> a little. Pequino almost, so is breakfast, so it's yeah. like a little lunch. But
0: now I'm just re- realizing, this is a good question for our language teacher, is pequeno. Yeah. Pequino? Pequino,
1: pequino?
0: would be, like, the adjective of little.
1: Oh, gosh. So and now then, we're getting into, like, verb but, tenses. And then, and, like,
0: but, like, if I said un poco, it would yeah. be, like, a little without... Right. Without, without the... Without
1: the noun. Wow. Like, See, I speak a the little...
0: I sp- like, do you speak Portuguese? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure.
1: So I will say that where we live now, it, there is definitely a language barrier. But I will also say to that, for me personally, I don't feel like it's ever been something like we couldn't overcome.
0: No, exactly. There, that's what I was going to say is definitively, there's not been an interaction where we couldn't do what we were trying to do because of the language barrier. Yeah. Um, you know, you do run into people that...
1: Just don't speak English. Just
0: don't speak English. Yeah. Um, but you, through the little that we know and through pointing, pointing yeah. <laughs> through g- gestures, like yeah. you do f- figure out what you need to do. Yeah. Um, also, I will say incredibly helpful... Is like the Google Translate app. Oh my gosh. Because in the early yeah. days, now we know enough to kind of get around and read signs and things like that. Yeah. But in the early days, truly when you don't know any words, as long as you have Google Translate, you're golden. Because yeah. they they also have the little camera feature. So it's like if you're in the grocery store and you're like, what's this exactly? Yeah. You just take a photo. It'll translate on the spot for you. So that, that came in handy a ton. Yeah. Um, but yeah and then i think a follow up on that question was like how do you know what food you're ordering oh yeah and so most restaurants we've been to though i will say um just because of the food that we like we're not we're not frequenting traditional, traditional portuguese, portuguese restaurants yeah. because if you don't know the the traditional Portu- portuguese cuisine is very heavy on seafood yeah and that's just not our particular preference. So that's why we often don't find ourselves in those restaurants, so I'm not sure about the menus there, but most of the places that we're going have a little bit more they're not all like international restaurants, but yeah. I would say more drifting towards that direction and pretty much everywhere is going to have either a English menu where they just you can ask for it mm-hmm. and you can get their menu translated into English. Or what I see a lot of restaurants do is they'll have the menu items listed in Portuguese, but underneath they'll have an English description. That's why I
1: was just going to say terra, 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 which is very hard for us to say.
0: Terra. And also we just, we learned it's also not, you just say terra. Terra.
1: Right, because it just like blends the, together. There's the A in between the, the a, two words. The terra
0: A with the terra, A. Terra, terra. Terra, terra.
1: Boy, the double R's really are tough for us. Uh, so that's a good example of that restaurant, which is a like, I would say a modern Portuguese restaurant, right? Like that's, they, 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 have, some, they have like burgers and some other things, but majority of the dishes are... Portuguese dishes because when we took our friends Maria and Rui there they're like oh wow there's a lot of like I Portuguese it's fusion.
0: I yeah. think it's a blend
1: but they were saying there are a lot of traditional Portuguese dishes on this menu sure but they are, they are that example where everything's in Portuguese but then underneath it is an English translation Correct. so that you can have both so yeah you know I think in the ordering of the food going to the grocery store you know the grocery store that we go to nothing's in English it's all in right. Portuguese but also like You've been to a grocery store before. You know what you're looking well, at.
0: Well, it also helps that things are separated into aisles, yeah. so you've got context clues.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty easy to figure out. And listen, we went to, I mean, 30 different grocery stores uh, last year on our travels. Some of them were in uh, languages Croatian. that we... Yeah, Croatian. Uh, Greek was a very difficult one because those just... is like a whole alphabet. We've never even seen some of those letters totally. before. Uh, but you figured it out because, again, aisles and things that you context. know. Context. Uh, so that was a good question. And then... There was another question about negotiating prices while shopping.
0: So I didn't know if this was maybe in response to our flea market
1: could cramble have been, because could have been. i
0: think that's a place where maybe you could negotiate yeah. or for example some of the open-air markets i don't know if that's something that happens there i
1: would think so because that's pretty standard in Anywhere. like a lot of places yeah
0: well, i would have to double check on that though because yeah. to answer your question we've never negotiated price while we're here
1: yeah and i think also it's like well what are you buying you know what i mean because like when we went to the flea market and you bought those earrings in that ring and she told you the price was 15 euros we were like that's a deal like there's no need to haggle down two to three euros for that that's a great price the gentleman who raised the vase over the trophy base eight euros we're like there's no need to haggle that that's a great it's eight euros it's that's a wonderful price, for price. Thing. so yeah I, I do think as with anything whether you're in portugal or just anywhere in the world if it feels like it's a place where you haggle with prices then you could haggle with prices but if it also just feels like yeah this price is a fair price to play i'm just gonna and pay of course price. it's
0: up to each person. I I think finances are very individual, right? But, but if you're asking from us personally, we already know that this country is, it is a lower cost of living country. And part of us living here as well with having financial resources is kind of paying top dollar for things because I mean, there's, listen, that's, that's a ball of wax. Cause I do know that some people, I do know there are economic implications of, f- you know, foreign foreigners coming in being yeah. able to pay top dollar which and then which raises the price, raises the price yeah. of everything so there it's a little bit of a f- fine line there so you're not gonna so like i from what i have gleaned overpaying would be not a good move right um to but paying what the price is right uh, you know the asked asking price i kind of view that of as we have the resources they are asking that price I will pay that price. But yeah. that's our unique situation. Yeah. Um, and then, then the what last, else?
1: The last thing we wanted to share was, so we are, uh, as of recording this, we're in our ninth week of, uh well, actually, it's, this is our 10th week. This is our 10th week of Portuguese language and how, lessons. And
0: how would you say 10 weeks in Portuguese, Jason?
1: semanas. Uh,
0: Great. <laughs> Muito bem. I did it. I think it would that's be des, ten. des, des, or des? Dej? Dej? Dej semanish?
1: Dej. If you kind of just say it both, Dez then it's spot. you your safe. Dej semanish. Yeah.
0: Yeah, just go fast. Dez just semanish. Dej
1: semanish? And then they're like, yeah. That's, that's, that's 10 it. weeks. Yeah. Congrats. Again, it would be like saying like 10 or like 10? 10? Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's fine. You'd get it. Uh, but yeah, so on a scale of zero is I can't read a single Portuguese word. Don't know a single word. I'm completely befuddled by this language. To 100 is... I am fluent. I'm basically born in Portugal. I know every word in the language. I would consider myself probably around like a 22. Really? I think is a fair number for me personally. I think think 22 is
0: great. I think 23.
1: No, 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 no. Okay. No, I would say you're in the 30s.
0: I would say if you're a 22, I would say I am a 30.
1: Yeah. 50 to me is the place where I hope to be by the end of this year. Yes. So I hope to be at 50 where I'm like...
0: Now that you're saying that, I'm like, really? We think by the end of this year we're going to be halfway to knowing every word in the Portuguese language?
1: I think so. I do. I actually do think so because at 10 weeks, we can now see a piece of paper that's in full Portuguese and read more than 50% but of it. But we
0: can't speak.
1: I'm, that's okay. But I'm to swear we're at 22 slash 33. We'll, we'll be
0: generous with ourselves. Yeah. We're not going to fight but it too much. you wanted to
1: share a fun tidbit from last week's lesson or last week's Portuguese oh, lesson. Oh, yeah.
0: So I did want to share... I, I don't know if this is interesting at all, but it's a definitely an interesting part of our lives that we do every single week. So for the first time, as as you just heard me say, we're getting much more proficient in reading, for yes. sure. That's the first thing that we've gotten better at. Speaking is much harder, and then listening is probably what we're the worst at, yeah. okay? And Not so, probably. Definitely. Yeah. And so our teacher is, list. you know, she she knows that. And so she's giving us more exercises where we have to speak in order to get more comfortable. So we come to our lesson last week, and she decides we're going to do what she calls simulations. Mm. And so that just means, like, scenarios where it's, like, so she decides, okay, we're at a pizza restaurant. Yeah. Okay? And because we did tell her that there's this great pizza restaurant in she She's heard us talk about it before. Yeah. She goes, okay, let's pretend we're at that pizza restaurant. And Jason, you are the shop owner and Caroline, you are the client, client, which yeah. is like the, you know, patron. And <laughs> she tells us to like basically act out. Yeah. And we have to speak Portuguese. We're doing
1: language learning improv. <laughs>
0: exactly. And so those of you who listened to the episode where I clearly demonstrated my amazing <laughs> skills at improv will know. My brain was just immediately like, take something that's already hard for my brain. Yeah. Speaking a n- new language I'm learning. Add improv. Yeah. Literally for the first, I kid you not, an uncomfortable amount of time. We're like, okay, let's start. For 30 seconds, I just am silent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just your, I was
0: like, uh, uh. Your poor little uh, brain is just
1: trying to like get she's the like, wheels turning. She's like,
0: she's like, bon dia. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah okay, yeah. bon dia, bon yeah, dia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But like my poor brain just was like, halt. Um yeah. But then as we get into the scenario, I got much more comfortable and it was fun. And what was making it fun is that Jason decided that we were not just going to do the dialogue, that he was going to act out the entire thing. So you you all know Jace is quite the class clown. So at, at one point, <laughs> we've reached the point in the scenario where I'm asking for the check. A cuenta, yeah. And Jason gets up. We're on Zoom with our teacher. Gets up and leaves and pretends like he's like going to get the and, and our teacher is just laughing hysterically. Yeah. He's 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 walking around the table, our dining room table several times. I have to ask him 3 times for the check, which is very which Portuguese is very to be common. fair. Which is very common.
1: That's European, not just very Portuguese. Very European. Yeah. And
0: so he's doing everything from like he's picking up our portable battery bank to pretend that it's some type of di- the hey, card, device, card card reader. reader. Yeah. Um and I, look, our teacher's just dying laughing. And so um, we did that and then <laughs> Wait, do you remember this part? I have to tell. So our first scenario was a little bumpy to start. Yeah. Then our second scenario was at the far- farmacia.
1: Farmacia. Yeah. And
0: Jason is someone who's walked into the farmacia. I'm now the sh- the pharmacist, which I forget. I think it's medicum. There was a is
1: just medicine. No, it was yeah. like
0: pharmacy tech or something. Anyway,
1: I'm gonna figure it out here.
0: And I'm the far- I'm the person, and so. Jason has to, like, make up an ailment. So, yeah. like, we just go off the rails. Your arm.
1: My arms were It's, like, were one hurting. of the only body
0: part words that you know because our teacher, her arm was hurting. Yeah. And so we learned that word. So then Jason's arms are hurting. And so then I have. And so we get to the part where I'm recommending to him some type of pain relief and blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, it just goes off the rails because do you remember you were, like. I gave you the medicine and in Portuguese I was basically like call me tomorrow and then you were like what's your number and then like <laughs> and then we just got really flirty at the end and our teacher was like whoa 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 whoa, whoa.
1: Like, I don't know this is how these two met you know it's like a whole movie
0: yeah we took it from like language role play to yeah. like a different place and she was like I'm this is not what this is for yeah
1: I do have to say that there are some parts of learning new language that I actually enjoy the type of learning so like while it was incredibly difficult to speak together in the simulation, it was fun to like try and make it fun with like improv and like, because to me that makes it enjoyable. Even though I don't know what to say, I'm still trying and she's helping.
0: And my favorite part of that is to see what words do you know so it takes the story it's almost like mad libs right Right. like you go okay well i only know uh arms so now my arm is hurt and it's just like you're it's like you're at your own improv show but you're the one giving weird suggestions
1: yeah 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 you're (laughs) like uh, could someone tell me a word that uh, an ailment in my body Arms. (laughs) uh, yeah yeah so that's uh that's a fun thing that we've been doing but yeah I, i would say 10 weeks in uh I'm still enjoying it. We are doing a lot more like listening and speaking exercises, Mm -hmm. which are just extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. It feels like it will just always be difficult, is the problem for me. It's just like we've picked an activity that will just always be difficult every week at Tuesday at 5 (laughs) PM.
0: I know. You don't look forward to it, but I look forward to it. So
1: listen, if we could always do the like highlights exercise, which is like the highlights magazine, like you look at a picture and you say what's true or false about these sentences. Yeah, tell me about it. Like, I want to tell you. There's books on that bookshelf. That's what I want to do.
0: Muitos livros.
1: That's what I want to do. So anyway, those are our updates of uh, life in Portugal. Still going well. Things are still lovely here. We're getting into spring. The weather is wonderful. You had your first sunbathing day. I did. It was just great.
0: I just bought a bathing suit. I only had one bathing suit. Um, last year. I
1: only had one bathing suit last year too. I know so I just
0: I ordered a new bathing suit and so I'm very excited for that.
1: All right let's get into the episode. We're going to talk about creaks and squeaks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So this is a little bit of a curveball of an episode and if you're still listening I'm not sure why but we just thought what's been top of mind lately and this topic of aging has been something that is more of a topic of conversation this year than I think any other year of our lives. Well, probably
1: because last year we just couldn't think about it. I, exactly. You, know, you can't think about age. No. you got to think about getting your flight booked.
0: And same with, like, kind of the pandemic, too, right? Like, yeah. you're just – you're there's so many bigger fish to fry. Yeah. But, you know, this year in particular, now that we're stationary, you kind of settle and you sort of look around and you go, like – and this is also the first year that I'm also hearing from friends. So, like, I had my girls' trip at the end of last Not year. Not hearing
1: from friends in general. Just no, hearing no, no. from friends hearing, about age.
0: Hearing from friends' comments about age and aging and Didn't getting older. Didn't know if your older. friends took like a two-year sabbatical no, for no, you. No, 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 no. And so I just think it's a really interesting topic, and there's a lot there. So just for context, I will be 35 this year, and Jason 41. will be 41 this yeah. year. And so I, I think that journey is different for every person. Like maybe, you know, when you can feel yourself entering a different stage, is very interesting to me. Yeah, And I for me, the years between 21 and 35, like it, it has felt like pretty much the same. Like I, you, there's like sort of micro stages in there where definitely once we were like established in like my later 20s, that felt different. Yeah. But in general, this is the first time where I feel like, oh no, now I'm in like that stage of life where I feel a little older. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this was precipitated also because I had a micro injury yesterday. I was working out and I was just stretching. I was at the beginning of my workout <laughs> and I like tweaked something in my knee and I just suddenly was like, Oh, don't, don't want to push that. Cause I might hurt. And just, this is happening all the time now, yeah. right? Like we get up from the couch and we're like, pop, snap, crackle, pop.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're like, Oh, you do the little groan. Yeah. yeah.
0: When you have to like sit down. Well, and, and
1: I wanted to talk about this cause I, I think there's an interesting, for those of you who have ever dealt with a, an injury that basically puts a limitation in some shape or form on your body. So I tore both ACL um, ligaments in my knees playing basketball in my mid 20s. And that was like, I went from like invincible, 20 year old guy mm-hmm. to like, oh, like uh, I'm, this, I'm fallible. this is a reality. I'm immortal. Yeah. And after the first ACL tear, I, I was like, okay, I can recover from this. Like, I'm still, I'm still invincible, right? Right. And like, I get back out there, step in basketball. But like a year, almost to the day, I tear the second one, and now I'm like, oh, okay, no. Like right. I just like I, my body can't do this thing anymore that it want that I wanted to do. And since that point, so that was like mid 20s for me. That was where like I got the like check mark of like huh, you're getting older, yeah. You know. And so it's like I have and and but I live like free of knee pain all day pretty much, unless I do like a deep squat of some sort. Like right. the only time I like feel anything, which is not very often and it's totally fine. I can't sit uh, with my legs crossed though. That is a, uh, a takeaway from two ACL tears <laughs> that like, I will never be able to do that. However, I would say most people like you're sitting like that right now. Yeah. Um, doing that for like a long period of time i don't think it's good for our bodies like your legs fall asleep and like circulation yeah and stuff. it's just not a good position I don't think
0: being in any position long enough is... but
1: anyway I, I was just saying that like that was my first dose of reality of kind of like getting older do
0: you know what that makes me think of which is another fascinating offshoot of this conversation is that makes me wonder though where's that line between and obviously every person knows their body the best right but it makes me wonder how our perceived limitations fit into our actual limitations. And so for you going, Oh, I actually can't do X, Y, and Z. Let's just say play basketball hard anymore because of my ACLs. But then does that thought and that belief then inform what you, how you push your body and how you, interact with your body to the degree that then it becomes harder to do well do you, know what, really, I, do you know what i'm trying oh, to say oh for
1: sure yeah because so i rehabbed my first knee and basically like i didn't know anything about rehab i didn't know anything about recovery i just was like a bull in a china shop just get it as fast as possible mm-hmm. i'm an invincible person i can come back and be fine then when i tore the second one i was like okay <laughs> there's no your, that's a reality yeah, check well exactly but, but after that i was like okay well i i know of stories of and I just NFL players. Yeah. And that are that's professional football for those of you who don't know all the acronyms of sports. Um, but I know of who've had like three ACL tears and they're still playing in the NFL. So there's still peak athletes that have been through this. So I was like, okay, well, maybe it's not maybe I can get through this with my body. So I actually went to like a training place. Mm-hmm. I don't know you remember this summer that I went and like mm-hmm. I trained with oh, I NFL do. players. Yeah. And it was expensive. Yeah. But I remember being with them. And training with the mindset that they have. Right. I, I was fine. I could keep right. up. Now I'm not saying I was an NFL level no, athlete. No, no. I'm just saying that like the limitations of going so there through these is, injuries. We all
0: know that there is an impact that you're but then...
1: But, get, there is, but there is also a line, right? There so like, is,
0: because what I was going to say is yeah. then you get into toxic territory where you just go, oh, well, any physical limitation that you have on your body is just a manifestation of your own limiting beliefs, right? Yeah. And like, that's some bullshit. Well,
1: yeah. And and I also realized, too, that was like, well, what's the end game here for me? Like, yeah. I, like what am I trying to do? Like, I'm trying to just beat <laughs> right. up on guys at the y, like local YMCA <laughs> league. like, and, and even then, like, I would come home, like, sore every day, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I could do the athletic thing, right. but the repercussions of doing that thing were different. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that to me was a very interesting part of the getting older journey that like Mm -hmm. really started to show me. And then I remember like, you know, this was four or five years ago now. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember, I came home like one day from playing pickup basketball and I was like, I think this is the last time I'm playing pickup basketball Mm -hmm. ever. And there was just- like, it's
0: not worth it. There was just
1: like someone who yelled at me and like people were just like rough. (laughs) And like, I remember like getting like, I tripped over someone and like, like landed on my, and I was just like, why am I doing this? This is not fun.
0: That makes me think of a few things. Number one, I just had a moment where I thought, it's interesting to me that your first real sort of moment of feeling older was related to like athletic performance and your body and your ability to compete, let's call it that. And then for me, it's, it's much more about my appearance. And I think this is, and again, not to put such generalized gendered terms on it, but I think, we can safely say that this is something that happens because of society's gender roles, but I find it fascinating that your Waking up to getting older was to do with performance and athleticism. And my waking up to getting older was very much having to do with appearance because over the course of the past year, I've gotten sh- just it feels like all of a sudden <laughs> so many more gray hairs, yeah, so many more, you know, face wrinkles, so many more sort of skin. I imperfections. mean, the past three years,
1: probably like there's a reason for those things popping up. <laughs> yeah, I think exactly. for everybody listening, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think everybody's like, uh huh, yeah, I'm on. like, I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, I, <laughs> yeah, what did I Tell my I told my best friend we were talking about this because she this is what I mean about bringing up this topic. She kind of asked me and she was like, Is it just me? Or just like, do you feel like older all of a sudden? And I'm like, Oh no, hundred percent. And then I was like, you know, the past few years though, it just hit that sweet spot of like our age group too. We're like coming into our mid-30s at the same time of the pandemic and also like some of the world events that have happened like graduating college basically in the middle of the 2008 meltdown and all of that you know and I'm like I'm like maybe we have some sort of like COVID accelerated age time warp or something yeah um
1: but I do think what's interesting about you know you bringing up those things like I started like balding basically yeah uh you know what was that like late 20s essentially and Made the decision to shave my head right. and like do it myself, like not let my hair just like, you know, fall out and like have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. I was just like, no, I'm just going to get rid of my hair. I'm not mm-hmm. going to have hair anymore. And and I think even from like a societal perspective, it's kind of silly that it's just more accepted that. Men can be bald but still be like young looking or, or in some way, or like, right? Like, it's, it's not, not automatic like gray hair right. for a woman is like a whole different thing. I
0: know, and so also,
1: I just want you to know that even with some gray hair, it's still very desirable. I know, thank you, yeah, yeah. and
0: you've always made me feel that way. If, this is the internal battle that I fight, though, right? And I, I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but because on the one hand, you don't want to fall prey to these societal. Uh, perceptions of aging that we all know exist you know gray hair less desirable or wrinkles less desirable or whatever you don't want to fall prey to that because you're like I don't want to perpetuate this because then I just continue the longer we uphold that standard as like beautiful the more the generations behind us are going to feel the pressure to you know keep up basically. And the more I'm going to feel the pressure to keep up. So it's like their part of me wants to reject that for sure. And I actively practice that all the time. So when I look in the mirror and I see the gray hair and I, my first initial thought is man, like that I, I look older and then I catch myself and I go, why is that a bad thing? Why are we interpreting this as a negative? Why do I, am I feeling less desirable? All those things. And I like have to actively choose to change my perspective and go, but at the same time, I also don't want to get to a place where we, like, I don't want to judge people or myself for wanting to do things that maybe makes me feel better. You know what I mean? Like, I love getting my hair dyed because it makes it more vibrant. And I feel the most myself when I have this vibrant red hair. And, like, I love the way that I feel. And it also just helps the health of my hair or whatever. And I don't want to feel guilty for doing that right. But it's this weird paradox of, like, not wanting to fall prey to society's standards of beauty but also not wanting to feel bad about myself for wanting to look a certain way
1: yeah I do think there's a a weird line to walk in the getting older coming to terms with getting older but then also not fighting getting older right. like kind of embracing it and and I do I like obviously I'm not going to speak to what it's like to be a woman and have to deal with like the uh perceptions and image and like that totally. stuff because if you look at me uh, there's not a lot of perception and image that I care about at all in this.
0: Why you do? But
1: but what I, my point to that is like I also think there's just something to be said to like me turning forty last year. Like I know for some guys like that's a big deal, mm-hmm. right? They're like, oh, I feel like you know I'm no longer like one of like the younger you know mm-hmm. whatever. I just don't care, mm-hmm. and I just I think there's something to be said for like. It, age is a reality. It's a thing. It's the amount of time that we exist on this planet. Mm-hmm. We only get a certain amount of time until whatever happens next. And then you, you have to kind of like make the best of what you have. Right. Mm-hmm. But I kind of think of it also of like, but I can't stop it. So like, why am I going <laughs> totally. to fight against it? I like- know
0: that's what I fall back. You and I are so similar in this way. We're, I think we're very practical in a lot of ways, which is what I think helps us in our relationship. Cause we can relate on the same things. Cause I'm the same way. I'm like, Okay. Like what's my Right. what's the option here? Right. Well, to fight it and then feel like feeling that resistance, you know? And so I'm with you. It's like I can't. This is also I have to take that approach as well because like in my Enneagram 4 self, if I allow myself to, I can get carried away with nostalgia very yeah. easily. I can I can want to return to a time and I can feel the grief of the fact that time has passed and I'm sort of like, "Man, it'll never be as sometimes I get very um, wistful about the beginning of my twenties because it's when you and I first met, it's those, I wear your shirt days. We didn't know what we were doing, but it was also exciting. We were trying to figure it out. Things were so fresh in our relationship. You know, it's like, it's easy to get nostalgic and wistful about that time. And then I'm like, but I can't go back. So what am I just going to sit with this like sadness? Like it but, doesn't feel useful to me. Yeah. And, and then you start to go, I was so confused all exactly. the time. Yeah. I was not financially secure whatsoever. I still had all this really confusing like stuff with my family and like who am I and w- where do I fit in and trying to forge out on my... You know, you sort of then you start to like... Yeah kind of take off the rose-colored glasses for totally. a moment
1: it, yeah it, it's like looking back on our full-time travel year in 2022 the further we get away from that the more glamorous and amazing that's gonna seem oh, but yeah. the closer that we are to it the more we remember all the chitty parts of it yeah. and, and I think as a whole like we have nothing to complain about it was a fantastic year totally. we are so grateful we got to do it but when you actually look into it you're like yeah but like it was, it was really hard. difficult yeah. like it was you know it's not all magical it's not super fun to live out of suitcases for a long period of time like it, it just all of those things that, that we've talked about it many times over in this podcast. But I do think that's also a thing with just our lives and, and just what it means to be a human, right? Where you're like, Oh, you know, for a lot of us, we can look back and think to like all the good things in our childhood and like, you know, Easter just passed. And it's like all the Easter baskets we used to get with candy or the, you know, the egg hunts or whatever. But it's like, yeah, but at the time as a child, like maybe we don't remember, like our parents were fighting and like, I had to you, go to church.
0: The, I didn't want to be there. Yeah. It's just
1: like whatever those things were that you kind of like, just like remove totally. right from your brain. And I think as we get older, you just start doing more of that. But,
0: but I think, okay. The, can I say something about the sure. flip side of that? Yeah. But using, sometimes I use the lens of nostalgia as, I think, I think I wrote down in a journal somewhere, this idea, and maybe we've talked about it on a podcast before, but this notion of future nostalgia. Yeah. And so like, sometimes when I feel wistful about the past and then it makes me feel like, oh, like I'm getting older now and we have so many responsibilities and now I feel like we're the adults, you know? And then I, and I kind of get like grumpy about my thirties and I'm like, Ugh just like it's no fun you have to be an adult and then I think about it and I'm like 10 years from now I think of what my 44 year old self will find nostalgic about this era of of our lives and I find it to be a very useful frame to see everything in my present existence with such gratitude because I know 10 years from now I'm gonna have 10 times the amount of creaks and 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 cracks and squeaks in my body And I'm going to look back like before we had kids and I'm going to say like, man, we never going to have this amount of freedom again. We're never going to have this much time on our hands. Remember when we could just watch this past Saturday, we watched four movies from this time we woke up to the time that we went to bed. I
1: mean we could have squeezed in another two as well. We went for a walk. We did go for a walk, yeah. yeah.
0: But I'm like, when will I ever be able to do that again? And so I do find that this intentional like visualization exercise, it helps me celebrate the age that I'm at by viewing it through the lens of the age that I will be.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and I do think that there's something to be said for, you know, we were talking about record before recording this just this idea that we have been so intentional in so many of our choices, combining our businesses, going on a travel year, basically, you know, moving our entire lives to Europe and living in Europe, um, you know, delaying the the time of having kids. Mm-hmm. Like all of those things have afforded us the ability to live as present as possible in the moment mm-hmm. and to not necessarily worry about, oh, I just turned 40 like, uh, you know there's so many things I want to do. It's like, no, like I've picked all the things that I wanted to do and we've been doing them and checking them off the list and like putting other things off. And I know it's a very privileged place to be and not everybody has those options and those things. But I do think it is something just in this conversation that we've been talking about of like, if you're the type of person who's listening to this that you aren't doing the work that you want to do, or you're not in the relationship that you want to be in, or you're not living where you want to live, I, there's still plenty of time. There's still plenty of time to make those changes and to do those things. And, and I'm not saying that like everyone listens to the uproot their life completely, but I just think it's important to always remember you can change your circumstances. Some people do have much more difficult circumstances to change than we do, 100%. Absolutely. I'm just saying that I think that... B- it might be easy to look at us from the outside and be like, "Well, it must be nice. You guys just moved to Portugal and you watch four movies on a Saturday and you could just do whatever." It's like, yeah, because it's intentional choices that we made. There are inherent privileges. There are inherent inva- and? advantages. But it's also, we decided to change our businesses and combine them together. We decided to move to different places and rent and never buy a home so that we wouldn't have to be attached, that we could easily uproot our lives. Like we have made all these decisions to not have kids and to push that timeline down the road because that gives us the ability to do these other things. And that doesn't mean you can't do those things as well. Like we know plenty of people that we got introduced to last year on our travels who travel full-time with kids Mm -hmm. and they figure out how to do it. And like, Boy, that sounds very difficult (laughs) because it was hard enough just for us as two adults that have creaks and squeaks. But like, you can do it, and I think that's just part of what I wanted to share in this episode too about getting older. Is you know this this whole idea of age and like time is running out, and you only have so much time to do something. It's like, yeah, you can look at it that way and be negative and feel the pressure of it, but you can also look at it as a thing of abundance, where it's like, oh. I can do what in 10 years? You know, like Mm -hmm. what could I accomplish in the next 10 years Mm -hmm. that I haven't really like set the focus on to do in my life?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is one of the beautiful lenses that aging affords you is you can see your life in a different way because you have a little bit of that time constraint that becomes more palpable. Whereas you just don't think about it as much when you're Listen, younger. If you're
1: 90, I understand you like 10 years, you, maybe you might feel you might that say, pressure. Like, feel I don't know pressure. if I have 10 years, yeah, but I don't think we have a lot of 90 year olds listening. And yeah. I also think at 90, you're probably not trying to make a lot of big decisions.
0: Yeah. I can go either way. Right. Like either you can look at it and say, I do have time. And it's not too late. And I think that that's a really valuable message that a lot of people need to hear. And then on the flip side, you can also make the argument of none of us knows how big that time container of our lives is going to be. And so it's that much more of an impetus to make changes, to live it more intentionally. Right. So it's like, whatever you need, take, take that from, from the lens that age provides. This is such a random segue, but, um, I thought it was worth sharing, going back to what we were saying about I I want to be the type of person who celebrates getting older. And that doesn't mean that it's always the first thing I think about, as evidenced by like the thoughts I have sometimes when I see my gray hair. But I do think we we can't choose the thoughts that we have, kind of the reflexive thoughts that we have, but we can choose how we direct those thoughts, if that makes sense. That's what I believe. So it's like I can't, I can't you know, control the fact that when I look in the mirror and I see gray hair, my first instinct is like, I'm getting older, but I can change. How do I direct that thought from there? I, and where I direct it is I'm getting older. Like let's celebrate. And something that really had a profound effect on me as a child. And I think I, maybe I'm remembering this in a much different way, but I think that just tells you psychologically the impact that it had but i used to always come home from school and watch oprah growing mm-hmm. up sometimes my mom and i would watch it together or separately but like oprah had a really big impact on like the person that i've become just because the topics that she would talk about on her show these emotional topics that like really other people weren't talking about and it was i think just opening up conversations to talk about feelings in a way that like was pretty ahead of the curve at the time of course you know of course there were some things that were of the time yeah, yeah. that she talked about but It had a really big impact on me. And one thing I remember about Oprah is whenever she would turn like a new decade, she would like make up a really big deal about it. On the show. And I remember, like, I don't know if it was when she turned 50 or 40 or what it was, but as a kid, I remember she would celebrate and kind of, it would kind of always be like a why the 50s are the new 40s kind of thing, right? Like, why your 40s are the new 30s. And I just really appreciated that. And it made such an impact on me because I was like, I want to have that type of enthusiasm going into each new stage or decade of my life. And I still carry it with me. I think to myself sometimes when I'm like, how did I become in my mid thirties? Like when did this happen? And before I know it, I'm going to be 40. And I'm like, yeah, before I know it, I'm going to be 40. Like what do I want my forties to be about? I look back and I'm like, okay, my twenties were about like figuring it out and experimentation and trying a bunch of different things. Our thirties very much has felt like kind of a paring down and like an intention seeking about that. And I'm like, what's my forties going to be? You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, And I I also think, something that I have just tried to do for my entire life is just continue to enjoy the things that make you feel young so right. it's like playing video games like yeah. there was a there were a couple years of my life this was definitely during like the Irish shirt years and this is like 2009 to 2013 where I didn't play any video games right and it You're was like, like I'm, too old I'm, for I'm being an entrepreneurial man yes. I'm going to build a business and I, but, 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 I'm an adult and it's like, but that's not fun. You know what's <laughs> fun? Like playing a video game. Totally. And I think for, for you listening to this, whatever that thing is that like makes you feel young, it's like who is to judge that you're you not know, doing those things? Now listen, if you're like going to a place where like a bunch of young kids are hanging out and you're trying to like mingle and like fit in, <laughs> maybe that's not the you thing know that, to do.
0: Like what does that Steve Buscemi mean where it's like, hello, fellow kids. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) With like the backwards hat and the skateboard.
1: Exactly. Like uh, maybe, I don't know, but still that's fine. As long as you're not being creepy, that's (laughs) fine. But I just think, you know, for me, it's like trying to fit in a lot of these things, like the the running joke on this podcast of me loving cinnamon rolls and baking cinnamon rolls. But it also does like, it just, it it brings joy into my life. I'm not saying that's one that like makes me feel younger necessarily, but it's, it's finding those things where you're not getting caught up in the thoughts of, oh, I'm getting older. I have such limited time. It's like, I'm doing things that make me feel good in life right now mm-hmm. and things that aren't harmful. And I do think there's also another part of that, which is starting to prioritize doing things that increase longevity, right? So it's like, right. you know, for us, we prioritize exercise every single day, doing something just every single day, no matter what, whether it's 10 minutes or 30 minutes or, or whatever. And I think like you can't start that soon enough. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember watching this YouTube video. I, I can't remember. I'll put it in the show notes um, of a, I, I want to say a Harvard scientist of some sort, but I can't remember what it is. You'll find out in the video. But basically, like, he debunks all these health myths. Mm -hmm. And he wrote a whole book about this. But there was a video that was basically at the top five. And one of which was, like, there's no age at which you should stop exercising. It's, like, humans have evolved to be able to move and to do things for their entire time of existing. And we see this in, like, you know, the stories of, like, the 87-year-old man who runs a marathon or something Mm -hmm. like that. And, like, that's an extreme case. Like, we're not all – I'm certainly not going to run a marathon (laughs) even at 40. Uh, We ran a 5K when I think I was 32 and I wanted to die. Uh, (laughs) But I do think there is something to be said for it. But yeah, but what's your form of exercise? Is it yoga? Is it swimming? Is it, you know, just getting up and moving, going for a walk? Like any of those things that you can continue to prioritize and do more of.
0: We've definitely prioritized that more and just health in general with everything. But I think it's because as you get older, you suddenly feel this squeeze between you're getting closer to actually having to pay the consequences of your choices every
1: day it's <laughs> when like you're, the, younger, you're, you're in that room where the walls you're are closing like on a conveyor
0: yeah. belt this is what i picture you're yeah. on a conveyor belt and you know that you know it's that age where people's health choices start to really
1: yeah add up
0: <laughs> you got to pay the piper yeah. right and now so, are you,
1: is your conveyor belt going towards saw blades that are going up and down or a fire pit because i want to oh know God, which I, scenario you're in
0: r- Really? What I was picturing was just like an abyss. Oh, okay. (laughs) Which I think is very telling about like what my fears are, like infinity, nothingness, like, okay, Okay, uncertainty. But, you know, and also you see people in your life, like, you know, your parents who are that age where they're paying the consequences in some regards. And I don't mean to, I want to take a moment out to say, I don't mean to overly try to like sort of moralize our choices into the health outcomes that we have, because sometimes I think people overly place blame. I don't know. I think there's this very like delicate place of taking personal responsibility and ownership over the choices that you make in your life and the way that that's going to adversely affect your health outcomes. But also like nobody who just got diagnosed with cancer is like, I'm not here to be like, man, you should have made better choices. Like I'm, that is not my intention whatsoever. It's just for me, we have enough research now to know that some of the choices that we yeah. make have very clear correlations to adverse health outcomes. And I'm of the age now where I'm like, man, I'm get, I feel that conveyor belt a little bit, I think in a healthy way, right. Yeah. W- where it's a narrowing of, I'm going to have to pay the consequences for my choices at some point. So what is worth, what's a, what is a risk worth taking and what isn't. So yeah. like for me, man alcohol is like a perfect one where like I very clearly have seen the switch where before like I just was like like I enjoy a drink like I'm not one of those people who doesn't um I I very much enjoy a drink it 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 is part of an experience it's sometimes it's like you and I have you know we enjoy the process of tasting different wines or like oh getting a sangria sangria. like we love that right but I've now reached the age where the consequences are so heavy in terms of the disrupted sleep, how it affects... It affects me for a full 24 hours after I've had the drink, right? In terms of the sleep, in terms of I, I feel heavy, the brain fog, the like all those things. And so I go, okay, what is the... Like, am I willing to pay this price at this moment in this experience? Sometimes the answer is yes, but definitely now in terms of just, there was a point in my life where I was definitely having a daily drink.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Namely during the
0: pandemic, probably. Um, and like, I don't judge myself for that. Like I now with distance know that that wasn't healthy and I knew it wasn't healthy at the time, but I also don't judge myself for it. Like, I think we all reach for coping skills in different ways and fine. People can judge me if they want. But now at this point in my life, I go, well, I'll tell you what's definitely not worth it. Like, just the the automatic, not intentional daily drink where I don't even enjoy it and I'm just doing it because I. Yeah,
1: it's a it, habit. It's that's a been habit. Created, yeah.
0: I'm definitely not gonna do that drink. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the consequences are not worth it for the enjoyment that I get out of it. Yeah. But trying out a new cocktail at a new restaurant, at dinner, on a date night with you and I, and having one and like being a little bit more sluggish the next day worth it for me. That's fine.
1: Uh, These are, one of the things that we talk about all the time is kind of the idea of like, we live in an era where we clearly are in the future that we, like the generations before us had thought about, right? Right. So it's like the Jetsons era, like we're doing a lot of the things the Jetsons do. We're doing a lot of things the Jetsons do don't, we aren't doing a lot of things Jetsons really do just as well. It's really the
0: flying cars. We really get having, caught having, up on, on this flying car also, thing. Also, like
1: getting an outfit put on your body and like showered, yeah. like all in one spot. Like, I haven't, that hasn't happened yet. But there are so many of the things that we are doing. And what I always come back to is like our technology has evolved in so many different ways. Like, we have these computers that we walk around with in our pocket that have an infinite amount of information that we could access at any given moment. And it's absolutely fantastic. Like, the fact that in our pocket, we can translate any language in the world pretty much. To the language oh that we speak yeah. is unbelievable. unbelievable. It's unbelievable. However, on the flip side of that, there is not anything that can tell me how much daily sugar I should eat I for my body to not get some type of terrible mental illness when I'm older. Right. You know, and I, I think about these things all the time because we were just talking about this the other day, where you were like, "Oh, I saw something about caffeine," and now they're saying blah blah blah. And mm-hmm. It's like all these studies. Uh, I want to read them and understand them, but I all here's the takeaway I want from that study. If I continue, I don't know, the takeaway from that uh, study on caffeine bad or good. I'm not about to talk about it or like care. That's not this podcast. That's not this podcast. But all I'm saying is at the end of that study, all I would love is you can keep drinking coffee every single day, but here are the projected outcomes. You will live five less years of your life. However, up until that point, it won't cause you any grief. It won't cause you any trouble. It won't debilitate you in any way. I, me personally, this is just me speaking.
0: You'd take that trade.
1: Yes, thank you so much. I will take that well, trade. Well,
0: I think that...
1: But that that's, I'm just saying that as from like a technological perspective.
0: You wish we could do that. I
1: wish we could an, in our lifetime get to that place and I don't think we will. Yeah. But I think generations before us, will—they or after us, will get to a place where like, Hey, if you eat this cinnamon roll today, it will remove seven days from your life and just know that, like, you're, you're whatever. And so then you get to make that decision. Like, I think we all inherently know those decisions now, but without actually being able to tangibly see it in like a timeline. Yeah,
0: but I, w- I really do wonder if that would be a better or a worse world because
1: the ignorance a lot of is bliss.
0: Of these, <laughs> well, a lot of these technological innovations that we've made operate on the assumption that more information is better. And I don't think that it is because look at news, look at, you know, you could argue, it's just not cut and dry, right? It's like, you become aware of so many more things that need, uh, you know, addressing in the world, right? You become so much more aware of the problems that exist all over the world, not just in your own backyard. And to some degree, you would think theoretically that that would increase empathy and that it would increase action and all those things. But I think we're also seeing that this information overload, especially of problems that need solving, it creates a paradox of choice. It creates, it creates more inaction because you just go, I'm just one person. How am I going to tackle this whole big thing? Right? So I just think that's one example of where it's not so black and white, that more information equals better outcomes. And so I would be, I I just think it's a very interesting thought experiment to think about that. I I just watched this very interesting South by Southwest talk from Esther Perel. Do you know? Esther I think her name's is Esther. Oh, okay, like, yeah, I we mentioned her,
1: her like two episodes ago. We quoted, oh, yeah. So
0: yeah. I'm on a, I guess I'm on an Esther kick right so now. So it's
1: Esther this whole time. We've all been, been saying Esther Perel. I think it's Esther. Okay. Did you hear her say her I name do that way? I do think I did. Okay, great. I do think yeah. I did. Is it Oprah? <laughs> did she say her <laughs> no. name? I'm Oprah. No, okay, I think great. it's Esther. Okay.
0: Um, and so, so yeah, I've been saying it wrong. But um, sh- it was such a fascinating talk about. Uh, artificial intimacy so is this idea of artificial intelligence and like the flattening of things and how just the messy complexities of being a human we have this desire to create these technological tools that remove the messiness of being a human they make they make things easier to make decisions easier but a lot of what life is about are exactly what she says paradoxes that we manage not problems that we solve and therefore when you try to, exactly what you did, I think is a perfect example of like, yeah, but if we could only see that this cinnamon roll led to five days less of you know my life, blah, blah, blah.
1: It was seven. So if it's five, I'm, I'm down.
0: <laughs> but the point is when we try to reduce it down to that flattening, that black and white, that give it to me in quantifiable terms yeah. that an AI bot could tell me, that a wearable could show me. When we do that, we remove our ability to navigate the complexities that life requires from us. And we get worse at it, which is, I think what we're seeing now is like polarization and the way that we have no ability to talk in nuanced thoughts whatsoever, the way that each one of us thinks that our perspective on the world is 100% right. The way that we just deal very much in black and white, I think is due in part to our desire to use technology in order to make things so much simpler but it's like we're losing our ability to sit with the discomfort of complexity.
1: Yeah, and I totally hear all of that. I just really want to know how much I know. of my life I'm And I'm, I'm not re- saying I <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> download <laughs> it. Months. This is it the nuance. Months.
0: I'm not saying I would think that's a bad thing. Yeah. I just am saying it's an interesting thought um, experiment to have. Yeah. And, and I'm not exactly sure how it relates back to aging. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's fine. But it's an
0: interesting conversation nonetheless.
1: Yeah, I, I think all of this is just to share like, we talk a lot about business in this podcast. Obviously, this is a ma- ma- um, majorly a business podcast. But what was I trying to say there? This is...
0: Majority? The majority, majority
1: of this content is a business, business? podcast. This is Primarily? M- um, do you, is
0: that what you're trying to say?
1: Uh, this is minority reportedly <laughs> uh, business podcast. Yeah, primarily works. This is
0: primarily a business podcast.
1: But I do think... We are are humans and we are just always sharing kind of the wandering thoughts that we have through life and, and asking ourselves at every turn, like, why are we doing certain things? Why are we making decisions? And, and that there is a lot of thought and intention into, into all this. And so I just thought this would, this was kind of an interesting topic for us to share some of our meandering thoughts on on as we we're getting older, and listen, I am fully aware too that there are people that are older than us that listen to this podcast, and they're
0: like, "Oh, just wait." Exactly, and then there are people younger who are like, "What? What are you talking about? Like, never oh, going to creak and, and squeak." And
1: squeaks. Like my body's perfect. I'm like, oh, you just wait." And that's what people said to us it was, "You just wait," and then you finally do get to those spaces. I, know. Like, yeah. I really.
0: So, as a last final thought here, yeah. I am trying to remove that instinct from my human brain of the "you just wait" because yeah. I just remember being younger and being like. It, you're not realizing how patronizing it sounds. Yeah. Now being older, I understand where it comes from. Totally. But every person has to experience life through their own lens and through their own experience.
1: Everyone's got to discover their own creaks and squeaks.
0: Exactly. That's true.
1: Uh, all right, let's wrap this sucker up. We appreciate uh, you listening as always to these episodes even if they are kind Weird. of like a little ramble chat topic like this one. Uh, but, you know, we just like to pop around. We like to keep our own interest in this podcast too. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's it for this episode thanks for listening
0: we're gonna go stretch
1: <laughs> stretch or strit. what'd you say stretch stretch we
0: need to stretch we're okay. gonna
1: stretch the dough for the cinnamon rolls because <laughs> then we'll let it rest and then we'll bake them and we'll have them in seven days less of my life but that's okay because they're delicious it's worth it okay bye